Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to CNN Town Halls and Debates, your direct source to the people shaping your world. It's a forum for you to get answers to the tough questions and better understand the issues that matter to you. We're bringing this episode to you uncut and unfiltered, straight from the national stage. And it all starts right here, right now, on CNN. this historic night on CNN, a Democratic presidential town hall dedicated to equality in America. I'm Anderson Cooper. Thanks for joining us. For generations, gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgendered Americans have had to live and love in the shadows. We could be arrested. We could be imprisoned, locked up in institutions. It was just four years ago that the Supreme Court made it possible for us to marry, but the fight for equality is certainly not over. Just this week, the Supreme Court is considering whether LGBTQ people can be fired from their jobs because of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Laws based on outdated science continue to discriminate against people with HIV, and violence against lesbian, gay, and transgender people is still all too common. Tonight, we're partnering with the Human Rights Campaign to give members of the LGBTQ community and their allies the chance to directly ask the presidential candidates questions. Joining me right now is former Vice President Joe Biden. How you doing, sir? Good, nice to see you. Hey, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's good to see you. Uh, I want to start right away with uh, questions from the audience. Someone I actually believe you know, you've met certainly before. Judy Shepard is here. Hey, Judy, how are you? I'm the Vice President. For, um, for those who are watching at home who may not know, uh, Judy, uh, her son, Matthew, was murdered when he was just 21 years old. He was tied to a fence and robbed and beaten and then left for dead by two men that he had met in a bar. Judy and her husband, Dennis, started the Matthew Shepard Foundation. They now travel around the country speaking out about how to make communities more accepting. Judy, your question, please. Thank you. Mr. Vice President, our son Matthew was murdered in 1998. While we have since passed federal hate crime legislation, we know that more needs to be done. And this administration is fueling hatred amongst LGBTQ people, people of color, immigrants, and so many more. What will you do as president to help reduce violence and hate crimes against LGBTQ people and other marginalized communities? Well, first of all, Judy, it's good to see you. It really is good to see you. Thanks. I don't want to ruin her reputation, but I consider Judy a friend. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you. We've worked a lot. Feelings mutual, sir. That's right. <clears throat> Judy, uh, I think that there are a whole range of things. First of all, think of what has happened between 2012 and 2016, the progress made 
and what's happened just since 2016 and now. The president has pulled back almost every single solitary administratively positive thing we did from the Affordable Care Act to Title IX to Title I mean, just across the board. And uh, there's a number of things we have to do. First and foremost, I think we have to pass the Equality Act. That's important. That's important because it will change a whole range of things. And by the way, I suspect, Anders, you're going to hear this is the, going to be one forum where you're going to very, very little disagreement among the Democratic candidates. Mm. I'm proud of the position they all have because every one of us are. If there's differences, they're just in degree and emotional concern. Number one. Number two, what we had before to deal with hate crimes was we had in a position in our administration within the Department of, uh, of, of both Department of Justice as well as within Homeland Security, a provision to keep watch on these groups that we know are out there, like terrorist groups, we, they're similar, know are out there to be able to follow without violating their First Amendment rights, to be able to follow what they're doing and follow up on threats that come forward, because they come forward in many different forms. Number three, what we have to do is we have to make sure that we make title, we have to, it, this is a civil rights issue. It's, con, it, it's covered by, in my view, even though the court may not agree, the, it, this is a civil rights issue, protected by civil rights, the Civil Rights Act. And we should be focusing on how to enforce that. My Justice Department, and I guess anyone in the Democrats' Justice Department, will in fact do that. Lastly, I think that it's really important that we start early. We start early and we begin to acquaint all our children. My son, Bo, who you knew, met, who died. Um, my son started a, 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 an organization to deal with children of abuse, bullying, and also those engaged in LGBTQ issues, particularly young people. And, uh, and, and what, what he did was begin to try to educate the population about what's going on. Look, all of you, I'm not saying, uh, you may not all be members of the community, but all of you understand that if the American people knew what was really going on, in my view, Anderson, things would be different. I, one of my arguments is that we don't, and when we talk about being able to get married on Sunday and get, and, and, or Saturday and get fired on Monday, the vast majority of American people don't think that's possible. The vast majority of people don't know that that is possible. They know you can't be fired because you're African-American, you can't be fired because you're this, that, or that, but they don't know that. And one of the things I will do as president of the United States is constantly remind people of what the facts are. Because part of, no, I really mean it. Because so many of you have taken extraordinary, extraordinary steps to make sure we moved as far as we have. And one of the things that people don't know, try it out. Try it out with some next time you're in a restaurant. You're sitting there and you're waiting on or, you're, or, or you meet the major D and say, by the way, let me ask you a question. Do you think if somebody got married on Monday, they could get, they get fired on Tuesday? They're going to look at you and tell you no. They don't know it. The American people are better than we give them credit for. But we allow, we allow the homophobes to be able to control the agenda because they let this. No, I really mean it. I really, truly mean it. Try it. Try it. People don't know it. And so I would constantly talk about and educate the public. Part of the responsibility of a president is to convince, is to persuade, 
is to be able to let people know what is actually going on out there. Let me ask let me ask you about that, because in 2012, you were the vice president. The Obama administration hadn't yet publicly backed uh, marriage equality. You made headlines. You said uh, that you were absolutely comfortable with, quote, men marrying men, women marrying women, adding that you uh, that you are, quote, entitled to the same exact rights. I'm wondering what in that moment made you say that at that time? Because, I mean, you were ahead of your president. <laughs> um, you know, it caused no consternation at all. Uh, <laughs> look, um, one of the things that I made clear at the outset before we, uh, we went into office, uh, Barack's, uh, I say Barack not because he's not my president, he's a president, but I don't want to confuse him with the other guy when I say president, okay? The, uh, but uh, Barack knew my position. I was raised by a dad who was, it was a real simple, basic issue. I remember getting out of a car when I was trying to be dropped off at the local um, uh, city hall to get a job to be the only white employee in the east side of town, in, 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 in the neighborhood, in, in the projects, as a, as, a, as a lifeguard. As I got out, there were two guys in the corner in Rodney Square, they call it, which is the sort of corporate capital of the world. It's where the Chancery Court and all that is. And these two guys, well-dressed, this was back in 1960, probably 1963. And, uh, and, and, and I'm revealing that I'm almost as old as you. Um, <laughs> I'm you have more pepper in your hair than I, I do. I, <laughs> I have a, a hell of a lot less hair. But look, and I, as I, my dad was dropping me off so I could he'd go around the block and run and get the application. And two well-dressed men kissed one another as I was opening the door. And I hadn't seen that before. And I turned around, and one walked off to the DuPont building, one walked off to what used to be called the Hercules Corporation. And I looked at my dad, and he just looked at me and said, it's simple, honey. They love each other. It's just basic. There's nothing complicated about it. That's how I was raised, for real. And so for me, for me... And, and Barack knew that. Barack knew that. And he knew that, and I, that I, if, I, if I was going to be a good boy uh, until the administration moved, unless I was asked. Mm. But you know me too well. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, uh, you know, no one ever doubts I mean what I say. The problem is I sometimes say all that I mean. And <laughs> so when I was asked on, on, on Meet the Press uh, what I thought. And by the way, I just came from the same household that I talked about. That mm. Two guys that are, had these two beautiful children, men married here in California, and, uh, and, and they had these two beautiful little kids. And they, I just saw them about two hours ago and uh, with their children. One's playing football now at age 13. Little girl is 15 who introduced me to a crowd at her home. And, uh, and, they, and it's just the way they looked at their parents. And afterwards, and I got asked a question by the former director of the HRC, Chad Griffin. He was at this event, and this is back in 12. And he looked at me and he said, what do you think of us? And I said, I don't think of you any different. I think of anybody else. And I went on to say that I did not have any problem whatsoever, whatsoever with same-sex marriage. It never even crossed my mind. And had, I would be divorced because Jill is way ahead of that already. That's my wife, Jill. <laughs> but all kidding aside, and so, and it, it was sort of already out, if you would say. I was already there. 
And so when I went on Meet the Press the next week, I think it was the next week, I answered the question honestly. And everybody thought that I had jumped the gun on the president. I didn't know the president was and his staff was thinking about, in fact, the president moving right after the election. And I got to tell you, you know, uh, he's a great guy. I went in on Monday and all the national press saying Biden's going to really get nailed when he walks in to sees the president every morning. He got up and he walked over to me, and said, well, you told me and he gave me a kiss. You know, he leaned over. <laughs> I swear to God. So. Uh, uh, so anyway, it was. But it's just look, folks, it's, it's just kind of basic stuff. I want to love. I want to introduce uh, Shannon Scott. She served in the U.S. Air Force, including two combat tours in Iraq and is on the National Board of Governors. She's also on the executive committee for the Human Rights Campaign. Shannon, thank you for your service and your question. Thank you. Good evening, Mr. Vice President. As Anderson said, I served over 10 years in the United States military and two combat tours in Iraq. And after that service, I was forced to make one of the most difficult decisions I've ever been forced to make, and that was to choose between serving my country and my true identity as a transgender woman. This was indeed one of the most difficult decisions I've ever made. If you are elected, what will you do to support the estimated 15,000 troops putting their lives on the line every day to protect us? Our president would not have to choose. Not a joke. You would not have to choose. The fact of the matter is that we're in a position where transgender men and women are in a position where they should be able to do anything anybody else in the world can do. There should be no difference. I mean it sincerely. You know, you know my friend Sarah McBride. Sarah worked for my son as attorney general of the state of Delaware when Sarah decided it was time for her to come forward, and she came out. My son, being raised in the same family I was with my dad and the rest, my son immediately moved to make sure the barriers for transgender people in Delaware were eliminated, because that's who we are. There is not a single solitary thing, and we should be doing everything for making sure they don't deal with Title IX and cut Planned Parenthood back, and you can't have access. We should be, there's so many things we did in our administration that increased the prospect of you being able to get every single solitary service anyone could get, including under the ACA covered by insurance, making sure you have to be, and making sure that any surgery that was required would be viewed as necessary. And so we, the, the whole thing has to change. I mean, it really does. Let me, and by the way, thank you for your tour. My son served a year in Iraq. You served two combat tours. And by the way, guess what? You know why we're going to win this? We're going to win this fight? Is because there are a lot of women like you who are in that in the Congress now, for combat pilots, for combat people, we're changing it. It will happen. I promise you. Let me ask you: You, um, as a senator in the '90s, I know you had reservations about "Don't Ask, Tell," but you ultimately voted for a larger defense spending bill that included "Don't Ask, Don't Tell." True. As vice president, you obviously supported the repeal of the law. Do you regret helping get it passed in the first place? Well, look, let's, I voted against it as part of the bill, okay? And it was introduced by a guy who was trying to do something good, introduced by a gay man in the United States Senate, Barney Frank. 
And he was trying to figure out how to, at least to get by the issue of not having to do something and be automatically excluded. I didn't think it was a good idea, so I voted no. But then it became part of an entire defense appropriation bill that was a gigantic bill, and I voted for the bill. That's the kind of the things that everybody had. For example, everybody talks, well, anyway, I voted for the bill. But when I got a chance as vice president of the United States, along with the president, who, by the way, was the head of everybody when he said, I'll never forget, he asked the, we brought in the Joint Chiefs. And he said, I said, why don't you insist that they, in fact, change the policy today? And he said, then it, only, it won't last. We've got to convince them it makes sense. Mm. And he, he was right. You, you're usually impetuous me. I wanted to change the policy then and there by executive order. But you know what he did? He, in fact, said, let them study it. And guess what? When the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff came out strongly, strongly in favor of eliminating Don't Ask, Don't Tell and allowing anyone to be in the military, regardless of their sexual orientation or preference, the fact of the matter, it nailed it down. Even Trump hasn't tried to do away with that piece yet. Um, I want you to meet, uh, this is Blaine Amadon, a television producer. Blaine, Uh welcome. Hello. Um, With the extremely high prices of PrEP and other drugs that help prevent the transmission of HIV, what is your plan to make it more accessible, particularly to those in the most vulnerable communities and those without health insurance? Under the Affordable Care Act, which I still think is a way for us to go, I build on that by providing a public option if I'm president of the United States. There is a provision we had that by 2021, it will be available to anyone who is, has insurance, and they all will be eligible for insurance under the Affordable Care Act. It will be available. The insurance companies must pay for it, must pay for it. Because look, folks, this is crazy. Think about it. Why in God's name, even if you're homophobic, why in God's name would you not want the elimination and or the reduction or the significant change in AIDS? It makes no sense. It makes no sense even for the homophobic guy out there, woman. No, I mean, think about it just in sort of rational terms. Why would you not want to see? Why would you not want to see the reduction, elimination or change in AIDS? And so I would make sure that it is. And secondly, it is important that, excuse me, I thought he skimmed. Under the Affordable Care Act, it will be made available, period. The insurance companies will have to cover it in my proposal. But if you want more detail, I can yes. go into more detail if you want. Um, we're going to get another guest, uh, Zach Zykowski, out here in just a minute. Uh, before we do, though, I just want to ask, the, uh, the Supreme Court heard arguments, as you know, about whether the Civil Rights uh, Act protects LGBTQ workers from being fired over their sexual orientation or gender identity. Are there specific protections your administration would put would put in place to make sure that LGBTQ uh, citizens are protected in from workplace discrimination? If the Supreme Court ruled they're not protected. Yeah. Yeah. We passed the Equality Act right off the bat. Number one, because I guess what? What's going to happen is, again, most people don't know. Most people think that you are covered. The average person thinks you're covered, that it is you can't discriminate like this. And so if the Supreme Court goes ahead and rules, which a lot of us fear they may, and says that it is not covered by the Civil Rights Act, which I believe as a constitutional, I taught constitutional law for 21 years in law school, as a constitutional professor, I believe it clearly is covered, clearly is covered. 
But in the event that they rule otherwise, then we have a platform which to say, look what they just did. Look what's happening now. Point out the downside and all the pain that comes from it not being covered and say, now we're going to pass the, the, the Equality Act. We should do it anyway. But that would be the jump. In the, I hope we don't get there. But I believe that's the way we, we should proceed. I want you to meet uh, Zach uh, Zykowski, an entertainment television producer and a violinist with the Santa Monica Symphony. Zach? Zach, I have no talent. I couldn't help you at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I recently visited a country where homosexuality is illegal and could result in the death penalty. What is your stance on LGBT rights when it comes to our relationships with other countries that may have very different cultural beliefs? Should we be actively promoting acceptance of LGBT people across the globe? And should we continue to provide aid? When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.